0: Morning to you. How you doing? Jonathan back again at the Bricks and Mortar podcast. Buying, selling, renting, investing in property. We're trying to hold your hand, float your boat and light your candle all at the same time. Firstly, big apology. It's been absolutely mental at work, I have to say. Catherine, my paraplanner, is off uh, at the beginning of the Easter holidays and it's just meant that the work has really sort of piled up and I've had to make sure that I get that through. I've also had to be concentrating on getting my FCA number. The FCA number, if you recall over the last number of shows, is the number of the Financial uh, Conduct Authority and they're giving me uh, an FCA number so that I can become directly authorised and start trading. And you know what? We've got the number, so really stoked as far as that's concerned. It now means that hopefully by the beginning of May we can start actually trading, but there's a lot of work that requires to be done. In fact, there was a lot of work that I couldn't do because the blockage was not having the FCA number, but we've now got that, and that's super. It means that we can get a bank account opened up, Uh, We can start talking to the accountants uh, as far as getting them instructed. We can get the comms sorted out, so the broadband and the telephones. And probably most importantly is to get the name of bricks and mortar mortgages, get that onto panel with all of the major lenders. It should be a relatively straightforward job, filling out a number of forms, but it's something that I couldn't do because the lenders, quite rightly, would only look at those who had a panel number with the FCA. So we've got the panel number with the FCA, the website, I guess, also I should be telling you about that. Uh, I've been working on that, quite happy with it. It would be great to get your feedback on that. And you can log on to the website, which is and mortar. Mortgages.co.uk, bricks and mortar mortgages.co.uk. It's probably, I guess, more of a landing site. I'm not too sure. And it would be great to get your feedback. Any investors or um, clients, put your clients out there. Great to get some feedback in connection with what you are looking for as far as a website for a mortgage broker. Um, I'm not convinced that a lot of people use these sites with regards to calculators, etc. Um, but listen, happy to get feedback from you guys out there and uh, see what you think about the website. So it's www.bricksandmortarmortgages.co.uk. Working on the SEO just to get that ranked and get that further up the pages on Google. And that may take a couple of weeks as I say, Kenny Martin. Uh, we're hoping to get Kenny Martin on the show. He's an architect. He's one of my pals out at BNI. He runs an architectural practice. He's gone into the developing side, so that's probably one of the reasons why I want to speak to him. As I say, he's an architect by trade, but he's really a developer by heart, and he's got a number of developments on the go, out in one out in Faldhouse that I know of, and he's keen to come on and have a chat. I guess he seemed to go on to have a chat because he's running seminars now in connection with developer, how to become a developer, what's involved in the development side of things. And having gone on to one of his seminars, his trial seminars, it really was an eye-opener. Even for a battle-hardened solicitor like myself of 20-odd years, there's always a number of nuggets that you can get when you go to these seminars. And, and Kenny's was no different, so we'll tell you a little bit about that. I need to get in touch with Ken, hopefully get him to come through to Glasgow and sit him down and stick the microphone under his neb. But this week, who are we talking to? We're talking to Chris Woods. He runs a company called Portolio. It's a platform company. Really interesting conversation that I had with him you'll be hearing in a couple of minutes. He was originally a letting agent, he let his business go in 2013, sold that on, uh, went into retail, that didn't work, and then he migrated back to helping letting agents and really what he's doing is he's got a platform for letting agents who want to sell property and what he's doing is he is connecting letting agents with potential investors. And the thing that I think will make this thing fly is the transparency. So, on the portfolio, uh, on the platform that he's got under portfolio and the website under portfolio, what he's got is he lists property, which estate agent doesn't do that. Well, and the other thing is that it's geared very much towards landlords, portfolio landlords, property investors. And he's got part of the site has this transparency where all of that good stuff like the gas safety certificate, the Legionella, the uh, electrics testing, all that gubbens is actually on the site. So you as an investor can actually see what is there, what's missing and you can make an offer on the property But I guess the most important thing is that everything on that site is going to be fixed price. So there's none none of this running around trying to work out what the price is. There's none of this negotiation. It's take it or leave it. It's fixed price. And you know what? That's, I think, something that the investors are are looking for. That certainty that if they put that offer in, then they know that's going to tick the box and they're going to get that offer. So, Chris Woods, it was a great chat. Without any further ado, let's start the recorder on the interview. You <laughs> should. <laughs> no, I had, you know what? I've never had to edit one of them. Um, mainly because I just don't have the, the time because I mean you could edit it and I think that once you start to edit it I mean I've, I've edited a couple but very light edits Yeah. Um, because what I tend to find is that if you start to edit it then you start spending too much time on it Yeah. Um, yeah. and you then
1: thinking I think, I, I think you might just hit delete on this one that may be the editing you do. <laughs> <laughs> like a complete edit yeah just that's it yeah well, all we do is we just
0: press the recorder and, and off we go. Yeah. Um, so there's no... Because I think that if you say, right, we we'll are start the interview now, everybody's going, oh my God, rabbit in the headlights, and, and off we go. Yeah. So we've never met. No. no. Um, we've met on LinkedIn.
1: Yes. Yes. Um, and did I stalk you or did... did I, I, you, well, I, I probably stalked you. Right. Um, but... How did I, you I, find LinkedIn? Well, I, 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 I didn't used to... Um, go on at all. There wasn't one for LinkedIn, no. before, uh, or or any kind of social media, uh-huh. um, Twitter or Instagram. Uh, but you know, LinkedIn is a very personal thing because you—you know—it's mm-hmm. your, your, it's your uh, brand, if you like, and it's business and based. It's very business based, and so, but actually, over time, I much prefer it to uh, Twitter or Instagram, or I've never really been one for Facebook anyway. But it's—it's yeah. um, it's been really. U- um, helpful to actually building my confidence, I would say, because oh, right. you know, actually the people out there, you know, are very uh, supportive. Yes. And um, I think the first one, really probably one of the first things I put on there would be would it be November, December last year. Uh-huh. And it was to say that you know if I have this idea for this business and, and this is why. And yeah. I, um, I think it's maybe on the back of an article a blog, you know, or put onto LinkedIn. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Anyway, you know, the feedback from that, I was like, wow. You know that was really nice, and then um, I think going back to the stalking aspect, I think it was something to do with Mark Shanta. Uh-huh. He'd, he'd reached out to me to say he thought it was a great idea, and then we, you know, I, I kind of saw that you actually I listened to a podcast, and I think maybe he he'd done it or I saw yeah. that he had done, but yep. I haven't yep. managed to listen to it yet. And that, that was it, yeah. Because I started to find that there's a lot of people who
0: are encouraged by LinkedIn. I I, I had a, a chat with Nick Ponty who we've had on the show. Um, And he had been a photographer and had used LinkedIn for his uh, photographic side, but only maybe had five, six hundred followers. And I've read various books about how you can engineer getting more followers. And one of the ways that that, um, I've been told you can do is that you meticulously choose ten people um, and every day you go in and you add another ten, you add another ten, you add another ten. But LinkedIn, I think, have got you can only do that for 2,000 people. So you have to have an ability that people will then come to you. And he said that the way that he does that is by posting the videos. You've come across Nick yeah, Yeah. and he likes a video. I mean, he's just all over it. And I think video is one of these things that people do like that kind of thing, potentially maybe more than the spoken word. And he said that within a matter of months he's up to like two and a half thousand people yeah. and he's had people follow, he's had people who've contacted him wanting him to um, look for property just because they've seen the video and they've liked it, the way that they do things so yeah. it's an amazing thing that I think if you can get into the video and do it well, there's so many people out there who do the video and they, they don't do it well, and you just think, oh God, that's, have you looked at that? Because yeah. that looks absolutely Because I, so I
1: have good. recorded a couple of videos. <laughs> but they haven't, they're, it's a they're never th- going to see the light of day. But it's a difficult thing. Oh yeah, it is. I hate the tone of my voice. Uh, I have some kind of, I don't know. Anyway, it just sounds awful, I think. Um, well, you're stuck with it. I know, I know. I know. <laughs> but it's maybe the whole face and voice thing. <laughs> it's maybe a combination of everything. It send, sends it over the
0: edge. So listen, you started back, I've read a bit about your bio there, you started back pro, uh, with the property side of things in the 90s. So that been late
1: 90s? Um... Yeah, mid mid nineties mid or so, right. um, but that was just you know when I was really young as an office junior. Uh-huh. But you know I got this you know got this sort of uh, the vibe of of a letting agency, and yeah. I actually you know did viewings and organised various things back in that time. So yeah, that was in that was working in a letting agency in right. the city centre. Um, and then went away and did a, f- a few other things, and then came back to it. Actually, didn't come back to it until 2004. Right. Okay. And yeah, and 2004 set up my own my own lighting agency.
0: And so, had you
1: been investing in property, or were you helping others invest in property? In, f- f- the company I set up in 2004 was basically a lighting agent. And right. my, I absolutely, you know, fell into it. Uh, I had my own flats. Um, did hire a lighting agent they weren't brilliant Uh then started doing it myself did it for other people it's a bit of a classic story I suppose and and then just in the first year took on something like 15 properties which is not crazy but Uh uh, to me I was like wow this is happening and I had I had you know a full time job I think I cut my hours down to 30 hours or something um, at that time. I was working in the call centre actually. Right. <laughs> um, okay. So, um, you know, got back into property in 2004 and then eventually around about 2006 um, went, went full time with the lighting agency. Okay. Opened an office not too long after that. Uh, had a great team of staff um, and yeah, we, we, you know, I was a, a classic uh, janitorial style. Lighting agent, I think I would call myself. Right. Okay. Explain, Explain that if there is such a thing, and that is just um, I just took care of uh, broken washing machines and plumbing. Yes. And, okay. And, uh, <laughs> and boilers and so on, and um, and that was great. You know, we were, we, were, we actually we had a good reputation. Uh, we grew very slowly. That's the thing. Uh-huh. We got to by the time we were selling the business in 2013, we had 140. Properties and that's almost nine nine years. Um, yeah. So it's uh, you know compared to the growth that you see elsewhere in other companies, mm-hmm. it's you know it's pretty slow. But you know that's again just born out of um, concentrating on doing the work as opposed to maybe looking up yes. and, and thinking about what else what else we could do to grow. I did a lot of networking and 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 we did um, you know some bits and bobs of advertising, but it was. It was just, you know, the occasional landlord coming on here. And occasionally Quite an organic growth. Super organic, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Okay. And uh, yeah, so.
0: and sort of based in Edinburgh, yeah? Yeah. So you've, you've brought up in, in Edinburgh? Yeah, just outside, yeah, Rathop. But uh, then,
1: then came into Edinburgh, yeah. So okay. uh, mainly the south side of Edinburgh, mainly.
0: And so started off, got the property bug through a job in, in Lettings. And then when did you start, well, what was your first property that you bought was that one to well my, to rent out or yeah, one? my
1: my own investment is very limited and is probably not worth you know talking about and now stands at a very small number of one right okay to be honest i wish it was more and again that just goes back to it goes back you know the whole uh, portfolio thing goes back to a lot of the stuff i didn't do yeah <laughs> the, yeah the stuff i wish i had done Um, when you mention that, do
0: you mean the sort of rinse and repeat where you take it up to seventy five percent,
1: you then take this to twenty five percent out, then do it again and do it again? Yeah, yeah. Just be much more aware. When I had my lighting agency in that time, you know, two thousand and four up to you know, two thousand and seven. Yeah. I should have been making hay. You know, I should have been Uh investing in in property and then I know that you know maybe I, you know escaped uh, you know what happened in 2000 and the crash in 807 but yes um but uh, you know I think I still should have been involved in property investment a lot more during yeah. my time as a letting agent but again just didn't just it didn't really increase over that one one point.
0: and and to a certain extent I understand where you're at because you know my story is is somewhat similar insofar as I started investing and ended up pretty quickly getting about half a dozen flats, and then I just went on the basis of, they were all capital and interest repayments, and I got to a stage where I then started to concentrate fully upon my career, and this was always going to be a side hustle. Um, and now, and sometimes I, I look back and I think, God, I've got, there's so much equity in these flats. I, maybe I should have done something. But then I heart back to because I was so exposed to the property side of things in two thousand seven, two thousand and eight, and yeah. saw the damage that that did to so many investors. You know, I touch wood sometimes and think, well, you know, I'm quite happy that I didn't get involved in that, and I yeah. only got burnt maybe. With one flat that we bought just around about the, the and seven two thousand and eight, which has now just begun to come out of, yeah. of negative equity. That I think that if you did that rinse and repeat, you know you you could end up losing everything.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. So we've got to a situation where, the business. So why did you why did you want to sell in twenty thirteen the the business?
1: Well, uh, as a as a. Lighting agent, um, I didn't. I played the hero too many times. Probably is what I would say. Okay. Um, I didn't remove myself from the front line quite enough. Right. right. So I would come in, you know, at the crack of dawn. You were doing everything. Yeah, you know that difficult phone call would come in one, to one of my members of staff, and I would say transfer them over. You oh know, God, I, would, I, was I was the same. I was the same. Yeah. Um. Is yeah. it? And they would they would send me the emails. Difficult emails to say How does this one sound And I would be You know Having to like Change their email yeah, or help yeah, finesse the email yeah. and But did then well, not did that, needs was that. That, did that not Then create a
0: crutch So that yeah. They in essence Weren't doing yeah, their job I didn't let you them were go
1: free You know They, they, they could have they were, they were really good They were good Why um, didn't you do that? Um, I'm not sure You know ego. <laughs> because, sure. look, because it's a question That
0: I've asked um, When I was doing the legals that and, and now that I know that what I was doing was not correct and what I needed yeah. to do was take a step back and leverage yeah. the staff that I had and in essence trust them but I think you get to that stage where you think well they, nobody can do it as well as I can and is that maybe what you yeah. felt? Yeah. It's a terrible place to be because ending up what's happening then is that you go on holiday and you can't go on holiday
1: exactly because yeah. and then
0: you don't your, your staff probably don't trust themselves to do their job because you're not there hand holding them yeah. and then although you're <laughs> saying "Oh, I'm away on holiday but no, do email me and tell me that you did this that you did work
1: whilst you're away on, on holiday what, what I recommend or I don't not that I get to recommend anything but I've suggested to a few people that they take a month off minimum of a month off yeah you know, maybe make it December if you're a letting agent, so it is a little bit quieter. But if you're taking a whole month off, you you really will need to set um, procedures in place and and, uh-huh. and let other people run the business. Yeah. And obviously that means a proper month off, really. Yeah. Maybe once a week, you know, you can maybe come uh-huh. in and, 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 you know, have a, a phone call or a Skype call or something. Uh-huh. But just... It will focus your mind, you know, because you know that uh, you know, next year I'm taking a month off and and in preparation. So you keep telling your staff this, your staff are getting ready yes, for it and everybody's yes. working towards this kind of thing. And uh-huh. you, you come back after the month and, and the, the office hasn't burnt down. You're still managing the <laughs> same amount of properties. Uh-huh. And you maybe then could realise that you're not quite... So did so you ever get into, into that situation or were you never in that situation? And, no, I never did that. I no. Don't know how, but it, it's just but in, um, retrospect, in retrospect if you were doing it the, again of, you would one do that of the, the lessons yeah
0: uh-huh mm-hmm. it's a tough lesson because you do think that especially if you've gone through that you do think well nobody can do it as well as I can and then maybe it's a bit of an eye opener when you actually realize yeah. that you've employed staff that can actually do that and maybe yeah. it is a bit of a kicking to the ego yeah. that what do you mean the
1: place hasn't burnt down? What do you mean that the, the 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 place is still here? If you um, keep if you keep you know diving in, saving the situations, getting involved in every single thing. I'm not mm-hmm. saying, I'm not saying you know uh, abdicate responsibility. Uh, no. and obviously there's there's loads of information about delegating it, uh-huh, you know, and uh-huh. so on, but you know still still kind of be part of the picture, be there, be present, but don't yeah. deal with absolutely everything. You know, because I I think and uh, I. What you are saying you know
0: rings so true with a lot of my career in the law in that whenever I got home, I was never able to box my career. My career seemed to bleed into all aspects of my life, so that really at no stage did I feel that i couldn 't take a call at the weekend or at half past seven at night or half past eight at night, and I think to myself I think back to myself now. Where I'm sitting now, I'm thinking, I was absolutely insane in taking that phone call at eight o'clock, yeah. because all you're doing is that you're raising the expectations of your client, and they'll say, "Well, maybe that maybe in your mind's eye, that's a one-off. I'm not going to do that again." Yeah. But then if they phone again tomorrow at eight o'clock, and you don't answer that call, all you've done is you've raised the stakes, and your client's going to get pissed off with you. Um so it really is so important if there's anybody listening um who's in that similar situation, that you have got to box your career because if yeah. you don't box your career it will bleed into the rest of the other areas of your life and ultimately you might lose a marriage, you might lose your kids, you might lose a lot of things that when you're sitting back there and you're thinking, Where did it all go wrong? that's where it went wrong because you didn't box off. Right, so we got got to the stage where 2013 and you decide that you're wanting to, to sell the business. Yeah. Um, the decision, was that a long time in coming to make that decision or did somebody come along and make you an offer that you couldn't I actually, refuse? Or? I
1: actually looked to sell about a year before. So okay. Again, it goes back to this, you know, I was ring Rusty, if that's the actual term, I was just tired. Yeah. And just wanted to do something, something different. Away from property, yeah. you just been completely you know, again, another, fed another, up. Another lesson, yeah. You know, big mistake leaving property. Um, so yes, a, a year after I looked into selling, then the landscape changed quite a bit with regards to the amount you could you would get for selling your letting agency. Mm-hmm. So then, um, in two thousand and thirteen, I sold. And um, to get away from property, I actually tried retail. Now. Um, seems seems madness, well it was madness. And it was fine. I mean, I le- learned a lot in the in the next two years, but effectively that retail business. It was online initially, and then mm-hmm. it was dying throes. Tried to open some couple of high street shops and and, and marry the two the right. online and the, the high street, uh-huh. and, so, and it was selling dog accessories. Believe it or not. Oh, right. okay. But it was just it was just you know, I was scunnered at that time with with property. Right. But not so much property. Looking back, it wasn't really property. There's so many great things that I, re, you know, that, that I enjoyed in the world of property and uh-huh. I'm loving, you know, or have been loving for the last couple of years again. But uh, It draws you it, back in. It does. I mean, actually, the people, I thought retail, that'd be fun. But actually, property's way more fun. I know it's, that may seem crazy, but they... The people in property are really nice, you know, all the networking you do and yeah, that, you know, the yeah. laughs and they're just normal folks and uh-huh. everybody actually looks out for each other more in property than, than they did in, in the world of, of retail that i yeah. experienced yeah. anyway. And I would talk to these sort of uh, other people that worked in retail in the same line and I just couldn't get uh, like a bond with them, you know, right, just okay. to, I just couldn't connect with them. I, I just couldn't, I don't know why. Um but, this, but, you know, because coming back to property, especially, you know, in the last maybe six months or so, especially, it's been uh, really, really enjoyable and some great people, yeah. Yeah.
0: So that's a huge learning curve that you've had with regards to moving out of property, going into retail, and then at some stage you realise, you know what, I still enjoy property. What am I going to be able to do? Maybe I don't want to go back into... What I was doing. Yep. So the idea you've come up with is sort of to to combine a little bit of both. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about what you're wanting to do. Well, it was
1: you know it was June last year, yeah. and um, I had just had the idea that letting agents should sell property. Not like a new new idea, but mm-hmm. it should be done in a in a in a very sort of transparent and and different way. Yeah. Uh, when I say letting agents sell property, I mean all letting agents. You know, could sell properties. So yes. Even small letting agents, but um, and are these properties that have previously been let? These are ones that they manage already. Right. right? Okay. So, just going slightly before there, um, I've been doing property sourcing. So, I've been sourcing properties for the last couple of years. Okay. So, helping letting agents and in helping individuals get property at a decent price. Mm-hmm. Okay. So some of these um, investors uh, who are just trying to, to get, get started in investment, some are you know, large-scale investors, some are overseas, you know, a, a wide range, as, as we all know, are out there. And um, you know they, they would come to me and they would be saying that, that they'd been missing out on properties, closing dates, and they would, even, even though they'd offered 10, 15 mm, percent, they were still missing out. So thankfully, I'd, I would help them get a, maybe an off-market property. But certainly something of, of better value, and a lot of the off market property I was getting was coming from letting agents, so I was seeing it from my letting agency background mm-hmm. being this janitorial letting agent who when a landlord would come on the phone and say, "Hey Chris, I'm really sorry about this. you've been great for the last six years, seven years, however long, but I'm going to sell now so, you know it's got to the point um'm uh, you know you know that was an accidental landlord uh-huh. and so on uh-huh. but I'm going to sell, and I'm sorry, but maybe could you help me do it? And they would ask that question sometimes. Right. And my answer was always, no, I'm sorry, you know, I just do lettings. Uh-huh. Serve notice on the tenant. Could recommend a good estate agent or solicitor to sell it for you. Yes. Then you can you can hook up with them when the property's empty and vacant possession. Mm-hmm. And then they go. Um, so... Goes, goes you know I'm, I'm doing all this, pro- this this sourcing for investors and I've got this kind of background of not doing anything yeah. <laughs> of that at all when yeah, I was a yeah. letting agent yeah and speaking to some letting agents who would say Chris you know I've got this property have you got a buyer for it and I would say yes and actually you know um, the company I was working for or my company we would charge a fee and I would do okay out of that. Um, but then, and maybe the letting agent would get some kind of kickback, but they'd normally always lose the management of the property. Yes, in the end. So from a from a letting agent's point of view, I just think that if, if letting agents had a vehicle, an easy way to say yes to that question, can you help me sell the property, then, then they can do it. So Portolio the the. The portal for Mm -hmm. selling tenanted property Mm -hmm. can be used on an ad hoc basis, so a letting agent could upload the property onto there, they'll act as the estate agent and, and, you know, once they find a buyer, that buyer, the investor, would probably be a buy to let investor that yep. would be the you know, 90% or more will, will be of that type uh-huh. um, they may well just turn around to that letting agent and say okay you, you carry on managing it you know, you're already managing the property you know the tenant you've been really helpful in the communications for the viewings and the negotiations yes. so you carry on just now and then see what happens at the end of that tenancy potentially in uh-huh. 6 months time or years time or whenever it is so you then a platform that
0: allows letting agents then to put their property onto that platform yes. and you're, the way that you make money is that you charge for them to be on that platform? Yes, yeah, just an upload fee. Right. It's an
1: upload fee. We, we might, probably will have some level of subscription, you know, starting at, I don't know, £40 per month or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Down the line but at the moment I love the ad hoc aspect to it because most letting agents, they will not factor in so selling into their sums. Mm-hmm. So it's not a case of, well, yeah, okay, we're happy to sign up at that amount because we know we're going to sell that many. Yeah, It's more a case of, well, okay, we know we've got this as an option if a landlord does come along and is looking to sell because certainly a letting agent isn't going to contact all their landlords and say, we now sell. Mm-hmm. Um and therefore then have a rush of properties leaving their books, uh, yeah. potentially, even though they could sell them and, and do okay. Uh-huh. But no, they, they're still letting agents. It's more just a case of if there wasn't uh, you know an option then they could they can take it you know yeah. they could sell the property and and do they
0: have to as a letting agent do they then have to organize the home report and and everything before
1: they go on to the market in which yes, is yes, just a yes. platform that's right they would need a home report the lighting agent would organize the home report okay would they well once a lighting agent logs in once once they've given us their logo and they're logged in we give them the login details they there's there's a there's a page on there called the hub. Not very imaginative name, but it's called the hub. <laughs> that's what does it says. That's what it says. So yeah. a letting agent can go on there, and there's various documents and guides about how you know to organise a home report. And they may or may not have surveyors already that they know yeah. to do that. And the owner, the landlord, may even have a surveyor they want to use, and that's mm-hmm. fine. And just whatever kind of works. Uh, but yes, a home report would be required. Um, whilst we're on that subject of, of kind of barriers, if you like, or things that letting agents may not be used to doing, just mm. now those that don't already yeah. sell is, is big ones, you know, anti-money laundering yes, and being part of a property redress scheme. So okay. there are some things out there that, that letting agents, uh, the, the path to selling for a letting agent isn't massively difficult, but there are a few things that need to be done and one is to register with HMRC for the anti-money laundering. Mm-hmm. With the code of practice. Because now in order yeah. for them to sell property, they actually have to
0: see sight of ID. Yeah. Is now is that ID for those who
1: are viewing properties or those that are making an offer on a property? Just only those that are making the offer. Yeah. So it's the people that, that turn out to be the buyer. Yeah. So, and for their current landlords. So mm-hmm. a lot of letting agents will already have the documents they need for the landlord. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of letting agents are dealing with that just now since the code of practice came in. Yeah, can't remember the exact clause in there, but it uh-huh. does does talk about you know getting the the, the documents. And it's know your customer yeah. stuff. Yeah, so it's, it's again, you know seeing the seeing the mortgage statement to confirm ownership and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. a lot of letting agents are already dealing with some aspects of anti money laundering, and uh, some of to some it's quite new. But um, it's the it's getting the documents from the buyer. That's actually probably the, the extra the extra bit that I'm yeah. not doing just now, um, which is what any estate agent would have to do. Which might seem over the top because obviously it's solicitors that will deal with the, the, the paperwork. Mm-hmm. They will they're governed by the law society, so they will you know get the documents um, from the the buyer, but. And it's interesting
0: that you wanted to start this this portfolio. How long how long has it been going? The portfolio, platform
1: um, it launched on the seventeenth of November. So right, not okay. long. Okay. Okay. And in order to, or your decision
0: to do that, was that based primarily upon the changes in the tax? And you thought, you know what, there's going to be landlords out there who are going to want to try and offload. Did that come into your thought process at all? Only after
1: yeah, it was lit- literally that classic cliche situation of shaving in the morning, getting ready for the day ahead, uh-huh. and I just thought, you know, I can I can do this, build a a platform, yeah, and. Then went straight to Cafe Nero as it was, and just typed and and wrote all of this, so the sort of pros and cons of it, and, and still got that document. It's a good one for reminding myself why I'm doing it yes. and, you know, and everything at the start. And but, how important, but that, but getting out ahead of the tax changes was uh, was something that made me think. You know what? Actually, that is a great idea. Uh uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Because I think, I mean. And the evidence so far, or it's mainly anecdotal evidence that I can quote, is that, that actually landlords don't seem to be leaving in their droves yet. Mm-hmm. And it actually seems to be that the, you know, the number of investors is outstripping the people leaving. Yeah. I, I've, I've read various things, but um, I'm not sure what, what's going to happen. You'd have to imagine that, that landlords will leave, but hopefully mm-hmm. enough investors will come in.
0: Well, obviously last year, January 31st, was the last year where you got your full... Uh, rebate on the interest next year I think what you'll find is that there will be a oh shit moment for a lot of landlords who have put their head in the sand know that the changes are happening but don't think the changes will have such a dramatic effect and whilst it might not have such a dramatic effect in the first year when you're talking about the second year and then the third year I just think that there are too many landlords out there who are in a precarious situation that maybe are thinking, I'll just, it'll all go away, you know, the government will change their tact or what have you, um, which I just don't think is going to happen.
1: Certainly, I've spoken to a couple of landlords and they've sent me their spreadsheets and they've got... You know, thirty plus properties, and and these ones that I've spoken to, you know, they are they are speaking to their accountants and, and just looking at how, mm-hmm. they, how they're going to be gear and what they're going to do. Um, I just, I guess, I'm just trying not to be too, <laughs> too kind of uh, not negative, but I think that yeah. um we'll just have to wait and see what happens. But yes, landlords should be appraising their their tax situation absolutely.
0: Right. And so, your platform
1: is purely to sell tenanted properties. Well, you know, 99% tenanted properties, yeah. but the main thing is that it's exclusively for letting agents, so that mm-hmm. is that is people that are involved in letting, so no, yeah. no people that are only doing estate agency. so it's not estate agents, not solicitors, it's a vehicle for letting agents, because, well, why why would 1% be not tenanted, just that's some things the way it might happen, mm-hmm. is that mm-hmm. the landlord might turn around in the weeks before a tenant's due to move out and say, listen, go for it. You do it because, yes. you know, I trust you. And and, and the, the letting agent, I created a, just a PDF document for letting agents to share with their landlords if they, when they have this decision to make. And it's just nice that they've got the decision. They, have, mm-hmm. they might have an option. And, you know, option one is classic, you know, serve notice on the tenant, sell the property, vacant possession, you know. Give it a lick of paint to make it look nice and remove all the furniture that's been in there for the last twelve years mm-hmm. or however long. And and you'll get more money that way normally, depending yeah. on the flat and the area and, and all these things. But it goes on the market, you get your notes of interest, you get your closing date. People that are buying it probably going to be people that live in it and and might want to pay a bit more for that. They're not governed by numbers and yields and ROIs and, yeah. and so on. Yeah. So that's 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 very clear in this document and option two to the landlord is sell now with the tenant in situ and these are the reasons why. But mostly it's you know, speed and certainty mm-hmm. is, is the reason and it really works with people. One example is one that's just going through just now which was to do with the tax year. Um you know, to, to get to get a sale rather than having to wait till the tenants yeah. move out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but but you know, the investor that's buying it they're not normally in a chain. Quite often, they're cash investors. So, from the point where you make your decision that you want to sell the property, yes. in four weeks' time, maybe slightly less, but in four weeks' time, you could have the money in in your bank, and to a lot of people, that's worth you know ten, fifteen thousand pounds. Yeah.
0: no, so. oh, absolutely. And from an agent's perspective, on that second scenario there's every potential that they'll retain, they'll be retained as yeah, far as the, yeah. the, the managing agent moving forward.
1: Yeah, I would say that so far that's not happened. Right, um, There's been chances. Yeah, There's definitely been yeah. a chance where the person that's bought the property, the lighting agent, because I think we've sold four or five, uh, I should know the exact number, but we've sold four or five, We've certainly had uh, sales agreed. One of them's you know got over the line. It's always very difficult from the point of getting the offer un- going under offer to actually the sale concluding. That's mm-hmm. always going to be the case, but mm-hmm. uh, you know it's working. And the the situation is that uh, the letting agents involved, obviously, you know, one of their big motivations was to retain the management, but rightly. Every these all of the letting agents that are selling Mm -hmm. are charging a fee to the landlord because they should because they're doing a job and they're providing a really good service. Mm -hmm. And actually, it seems the feedback is that um, they're less concerned about retaining the management than they were, and that's because the fees have actually been pretty good. Right, and they think, well, yes, ideally I would have retained the management, but actually I've just received X amount of money. Yeah. And that's equivalent to a year and a half's management fees with actual no, no HR cost no. or uh, anything else. So uh-huh. um, it's worked out very well for them. And so this is then
0: aimed at letting agents who aren't selling properties themselves at the moment, haven't got that lined up. And what you're offering then is an ability for them to be able to get on a platform that will then attract investors yeah in order to buy their portfolio so talk to me about then how
1: you're advertising that platform how's that well we spend some money on google adwords yeah and um we're getting we're getting a decent amount of hits per day Mm -hmm. not right move amounts clearly yeah and and, you know we're not you know it seems crazy to even have to say it but we're not competing with right move or zoopla um we're we're doing our own thing we look you know portolio looks different and does a different thing for a different set of people yes it's Um, quite niche it's very niche if you go on to portolio and look at one of the properties you will see when the eicr is due for renewal um, when it runs out and you know same with gas if applicable and maybe even a mention of legionella risk assessments all these things that are essential for buy to let that are you know standard everyday stuff for property investors and letting agents yeah, and it's yeah. all kind of in in investor speak. It's a completely different thing that they're looking at. They'll see when the current tenant moved in, they'll see if they're on a shortage of tenancy or a PRT, they'll see when if it's rolling or if, when the, the lease is due to end, what rent they're paying just now, ah. what the real rental valuation is. So not... Not a, an EH11. Sorry, a, a, bit, a bit of Edinburgh off me, but EH11 covers a big, broad area. as so yes. You say a one-bedroom flat in EH11. It's you know you're not really going to get a decent rent evaluation. No. But the letting agent that's uploaded the property, that's selling the property, that knows the property and and knows the exact condition of uh-huh. the property, knows Edinburgh lettings. Yeah. Giving a real rent evaluation. So. You were able to work out a real accurate gross yield because each property on portfolio is for sale at a fixed price. So property investors are not having to worry about closing dates and all the rest of it. Right. They okay. can do their sums. Yeah. They can see, well, it's on there at 129,000 and it's getting £650. Right, now don't make me quote the gross yield on that, no, no, no. but you can, um, you know, that's written there on the website, so all the information... And they're all fixed price. Every single property is How fixed How difficult price. has that been for, A, the letting agents
0: to agree to that, but maybe more their clients, because for some that are getting rid of their portfolio... Yeah there might be stuff in that portfolio there that they're probably just thankful that they're going to be able to sell but there might other be there might be stock there where in a rising market selling yeah. for a fixed price might not be the the best thing but that's again one of your selling points for I guess investors that you will hopefully be able to attract more investors yeah. into your site mm-hmm. because it's all fixed price.
1: Yeah so uh, a, a a property in a in a hot area let's say that would potentially go for 10% above the home report value, Mm -hmm. we would probably put that on at about 2% above the home report value, maybe 3%. So it's not about um, giving the landlord a massively raw deal or, you know, or shafting them, I can say that. But it's, um, it's, it's, it's about giving them a solution and giving them some value. But again, it's also that... Document that I talked about that I would recommend letting agents give to landlords to say, you know, option one, save notice, put it on the open market, you probably get the best price depending on the yes. policy. Yeah, option two, sell now. So it's a very informed decision, mm-hmm. and that's what I think is most important because uh, not every landlord um, decides to sell with the, the sitting tenant. You know, they not, will say, we're not going to go on the open market, especially if. The tenant has already given notice, mm. or or if it's a bad tenant. Because the other thing that, that people don't really factor in is that landlords are generally quite nice and don't want to serve notice on the tenant if they can avoid it, assuming yeah. it's not a bad tenant. Uh-huh. So they're quite happy in, to let the tenancy continue, or at least give the the uh, give it a good chance of continuing with mm-hmm. the next the next owner, the next investor. So that, that
0: the land that what the landlords are wanting. Is no void. They would rather yeah. have they get
1: rent right up, de-risks it, de-risks yeah. the situation, so they're getting rent right up to uh, completion. Uh-huh. And um, you know, as opposed to ending the tenancy, no longer getting the rent, uh, put then putting it on the market. So from the point of them making that decision that they want to sell, it could be three months before it actually goes on to the market. Now it's mm-hmm. only one month of that that they're not receiving rent, um, but how long will the missives be yeah. um, and, and then uh, will, will it definitely happen? So just getting the ball rolling now with the sitting tenant, continuing to get rent is, as I say, again, it's, it seems to be well worth it, but it's, it's not really for me to say. It's more, you know, I wanted to create the option and, and yes. it's up to people. No, that's great. That's absolutely fantastic.
0: Now, in selling the property to the sitting tenant... There there may be some listeners out there who don't know, but from a mortgage perspective, um, sometimes selling the property to the sitting tenant can be an issue because they don't have the, the deposit available. But there are certainly two lenders that I'm aware of who will take into account and almost give the... It's sort of classed as a landlord's deposit. So what it means is that you will be aware, as I am, that lending is done based upon the lower of valuation or purchase price so if you pay top dollar for a property you're only going to get a mortgage based upon the value of the property uh, and if you um, bid in excess of the home report value you'll still only get a mortgage based upon the value of the property Whereas what can happen where you're buying from a landlord is that if the property is valued at 152,000 and the landlord is prepared to accept 140 because the tenant has been in for however many years, then the mortgage is going to get based upon the 152 and not the 140. We've just done a case where instead of the client ended up getting a 90% loan to value. And has only had to shell out three and a half grand for a deposit, whereas they would have had to sh- shelled out best part of twelve twelve grand right. so it can be a great if the landlord is able and you've got a surveyor who's prepared to play ball um, and you get a good high valuation, then that can be a great opportunity for the landlord to sell the property to the sitting tenant and
1: also the tenant. So it's a sort of both parties win out of it. I don't think that, you know, my experience is that not many tenants end up buying the property for one reason or another. There's certainly one just now with a a company that I'm letting agent that I'm helping. And uh, I don't think the tenant's going to buy it. not sure what the owner's going to do. I think they're probably just going to serve notice and go in the open market because it's more of a family home mm-hmm. possibly as well, so maybe not yeah. so attractive to uh, property investors. We'll see how that one goes. But yeah, no, that's interesting about the uh, the high mortgage, high uh, home report valuation because sometimes when I see a high, <laughs> a really high one and I can't quite work it out, it is consolation that actually um, it can be of benefit to cash flow. For, yes. for investors. So yeah, yeah. although the home, home report is, is maybe 15,000 15, more or 10,000 more than I think it should be, yeah, um, yeah it might, might not be such a bad thing. Yeah. So is anybody else doing this
0: that um, you're aware of? Because it certainly sounds to me as, and I'm trying to pick holes in it, but I haven't come across any what yeah. it, it just seems like a really, I mean, the only thing I would say is that it's niche, but then... I think from, certainly from my point of view as a, a mortgage broker, there's no way that I can compete with high street and there's no, I don't want to go onto the high street. No. So my niche is very much helping buy to let investors yeah. find mortgages. And so where, where I want to be is I want to become, they call it in marketing, a category king. So that when people are talking buy to let mortgages, they're thinking, bricks and mortar mortgages and I guess you'll yeah. be exactly the same where you've got a landlord who's thinking of selling yeah. then they'll first of all talk to the letting agency
1: put it on and the, well, your side. I think possibly it's getting letting agents to understand about portfolio and getting them, well. getting them ready um, again coming back to some of the anti-money laundering stuff. you know giving them portfolio is, is maybe just half the job it's about maybe helping them to understand some of the other bits of work they need to do with mm-hmm. email and compliance. But, but yeah, once, you know, I think once we have letting agents across Scotland understanding that they have this as an option, um, then when the landlord comes on, then, then they, can, they can help them in that mm-hmm. way. Um, and I
0: think from the investor's point of view, you having a site which has got absolute transparency with yeah. regards to all of that information... Yeah.
1: You know, save so much heartache yeah. from a, an investor's point of well, view. a lot of these investors that I was working with didn't even know what the off-market was, let alone where to find it or, or so on. Uh-huh. And so, you know, we'd explain the off-market to them. And even though I would say, well, listen, you're going to get it for X amount below the home report value, they would say, but I don't know. I'd rather just stick to what I know. And what they know is, you know, an online marketing place like something like right move mm-hmm. where they can mm-hmm. see the photos they can see the floor plan yeah. they can see the home report they understand that uh-huh. so what i hope Portfolio is going to do is for those investors that have had that level of distrust of of the off market of like just the spreadsheet with all the numbers and the address yes. or, uh-huh. or even the full address Um these investors can now sort of um, get access to some of that off-market world—it's lifting the lid, I suppose, a little bit it, on the off-market. I
0: wonder if you could say that you're not—I was going to use the word legitimising, but that sounds as if the off. Well, it's uh, a the transparent yeah thing as you said yeah, yeah transparency. Exactly no, I like what that. It is. And so you're in Edinburgh. I presume you're the whole of Scotland then? We're, we're the whole of Scotland? Yeah. Well?
1: I mean, i have you know worked in Edinburgh, so that's kind of where I started. I know a lot of peop- letting agents, and mm-hmm. we've got about twenty. Twenty-three, twenty-four letting agents now uh, signed up, okay. and that just means that they're 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 kind of they they're ready. They know about it, mm-hmm. and that if a landlord comes along who needs help, they can they can do it. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. what that means. Um, and so I'm obviously I'm in Glasgow uh, just now, and mm-hmm. um, and I've had quite a few conversations with some letting agents in Glasgow. Yeah. So yeah, we're going to be doing some more work on the website in in April. And and we'll be just to introduce a search facility and and get more cities and Dundee as well is another city that we've had quite a few chats with the agents. At. Okay, So I think over the next the next three or four months there'll be there'll be quite big changes. And be.
0: and good feedback in general from from
1: everybody. Really good, yeah. yeah, really good. You know, some cautionary stuff as well to do with compliance. And um, but 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 people seem to understand why I'm doing it. This, uh-huh. You know where it's coming from. Yeah, and 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 the the plans are you know not to you know take over the world but certainly to help as many letting agents in 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 Scotland and going back to the the property investors um i think it's you know it's going to really help them because of the things we've talked about with the transparency and you can understand it but you know the buying from the people that know the property mm. that, that that know the tenants yeah um And it's fixed price, which I think is is huge. They'll get rent straight away. So normally you buy a property and it's going to you do some work to X, Y, and Z, Mm -hmm. and then you and then you get tenants maybe moving in in about two months' time, something like that. And that's when you start to get rent. Well, let's take a flat with seven hundred pounds per month rent. You're getting an immediate bounce of fourteen hundred pounds, which is the the two months' rent. Mm -hmm. You're also you know, almost always you are getting a valid EICR, so you know what you know. You know you have no problems with the electrics, and you know when that EICR runs out, you yep. get all you get all the safety tests for most of the properties. Um, so that's maybe about another six hundred quid saved. So um or, or more. And then the furniture. You normally buy the furniture with yeah, it as well. Yeah. And that's saving you what, fifteen hundred, two and a half thousand pounds? Do you know what is also saving you a schlep round IKEA? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well time. You're saving yourself time Absolutely. and energy. Yeah. Uh, you know you're not having to view tons of properties too and yeah, just this one yeah. and you can work it out, you can do your numbers and you're getting a, a bounce of, you know, three or four thousand pounds. You it sounds like a great, great
0: idea. I'm glad that you we sort of circled round and, t- and touched Back a little bit on the why, um, because I'm very keen just to understand what what,
1: what is the why. But why have you decided? Why are you wanting to do this? Uh, well, I I not saying I regret selling my letting agency. Mm-hmm. I'm not I regret some of the decisions immediately after. You know, certainly yep. going into retail. Yeah, but. Um, I wish I had a portfolio or something that just made me yeah, lift my head a little bit from what I was doing mm-hmm. and something that as a business owner okay so always an, an owner managed business something that would have given me another revenue and another another sort of uh, thing to do rather than just managing the property and HR and all the rest of it yes so create another revenue stream so that i can reinvest back in the in the company you know keep the management side very strong but but evolve yes uh, i i would love for my company to have evolved yes and i didn't give it a chance and so that's a big why for me and that's the first why i have to admit and sorry apologize to property investors and anyway. no that's the, that's the biggest why but uh, it's but it's in so the, investors as well, you know. It's, yeah, it's a big a big why. So the biggest why then is
0: to help letting agents create so. a so. further income stream. But yeah. on the back of that, that then helps investors yeah. buy property yeah. through a transparent uh, system. Um, which includes the ability to purchase property at a fixed price. Yeah. So I think that what you're doing is absolutely fantastic, I have to say. I think those are two really strong whys, and I'm a big believer of making sure that before you start a business that you need to have a very, very strong why. Because if, if your why isn't strong, then you know, that's your foundation. doesn't matter how you're going to get to do it, that will all come. That will f- that will flow eventually if your why is strong enough. So that's really interesting. Good, 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 good. Um, so how can I help you? I know you've come all the way through to to to, to Glasgow, um, and that you're you're going to to well, go I to have, PPN I have a tonight.
1: Huge, uh, podcast. Fan of, of all podcasts, and so you know, right. <laughs> I did listen to Bricks and Mortar and just um, I was very intrigued um, to meet somebody who actually had their own podcast. Yeah, that was really cool. Obviously, you're in property, so no, that that's it. And I I, I don't know if it was on the recording, but you know, when it, as I came in, I said I'm through to Glasgow to meet up with people who showed some level of support early doors, yes, and I haven't really thought it through much more than that, Yep. So, yeah, um, everyone I'm meeting. To, and obviously, uh, yeah, I'm just I'm just reaching out to people. to sure. uh, And do you know Philip Howard at all from PPN? Or are you uh, just coming no, along? No, no. I used, I've been to PIN, the Property Investors Network. They've got one through in Edinburgh, so right. I did a talk. Okay. Uh, last month's event or is it this month's event? But the one that's just gone. Yes. And so. Um, I was chatting to some of the guys at Penn and they said that PPM was pretty good mm, and so mm-hmm. to, come, to come through. So I just looked at the date and there we are. Yeah. Well, listen,
0: I will certainly be there tonight um, and I will make an introduction to okay, Philip nice. because what I think you need to be doing <laughs> is making sure that you're on the next speaker's rotation um, because I do think that you have something there that is unique I think that it's something, and and when you're coming up with a product, I think that if you can be of benefit to both parties, as you are here, Mm -hmm. Um, then it stands a greater chance of success. Mm -hmm. And clearly, you're helping the letting agents with regards to the income stream. But more importantly, I think, and I think the success will be down to driving investors because ultimately, if you don't drive investors to the site, then there's no point in the letting agent putting the properties on. So I think you're offering that transparency, that fixed price, which I think is the thing that is really going to nail it, for investors, because having been an, and am an investor, the thing that you want to do is you just want to try and buy the property and get on to the next one, buy the property. You don't want to be fanning around with you know offers over fixed price. You would rather go on to fixed price rather than, you know, battle it out with. You'll take your chances yeah. absolutely at, at a um, at a closing date so no great great I take Thank my you. hat off to you because clearly you've been bruised a little bit with regards to the retail experience um, and it's great to see that you're you're back up and, and I don't think I've got any, any other choice you know <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's just the way I'm built possibly good good well listen we've got 10 questions I don't know whether or not I'll have 10 questions because I've not written them down but I'll try and remember them because if you listen to the podcast you'll know mm-hmm. what I'm going to ask so um, let's go with um, first tea or football do you
1: like football Foot, or football. would you rather play f- right okay who do you uh, support first tier football? first year football. So so golf, 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 football to be honest uh, equal love uh, levine, you know right. i seem to not have time for golf right now but i right. still managed to get to the football yeah okay and what, what are you a high b or a fan. yeah right yeah. okay so yeah. i'm just trying to think so levine how's
0: levine getting on you like him
1: you're a levine man <laughs> um i think that um uh, he's a big kid <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> in many ways and um when he first came back to Hearts uh, I wasn't too impressed But he, he's okay He does play an industrial style of football But I've got some great memories From when he was a manager Some great last minute victories Against, yeah. against certain clubs uh-huh. And Yeah um, you know, I'd say that I'm in the I'm in the Pro Levine camp. We'll see what he's I like next season when he makes all these new signings. Okay. I was at the game just at the weekend there and the the, the last game anyway. Yeah, we we played pretty well. So good, good. Um, first car, remember you what your first car? Renault was 19. Okay. Uh, yeah, pretty. Was it a pretty, bomb? What It, it, was a, how, job? it was a second It's like it five, I think it was five hundred pounds. Yeah. Was it right? And how long did it last? It lasted... Uh, I mean, I sold it on. Oh, uh, right. I, I, I did did it you get, get your money back? Uh, I
0: think so. Maybe, maybe it didn't. Nobody, never, buy, yeah. nobody buys second-hand cars these days. I know, I know. Unless you're doing yeah. it online, obviously. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So, yeah, Renault 19. Renault, white, 19. Renault 19.
0: Okay, yeah. okay.
1: Um, what about first film? Can you remember the first film you went to see? Um, the first film... One of my earliest memories is probably E.T., all right, Some okay, e. or Return of the Jedi, one right. of those two at the cinema, yeah, okay, yeah, that's interesting. Um,
0: and then, um, first investment property, and did you make any money? Uh,
1: well, it's the, the one I have now, oh, so, right, right. Okay. <laughs> yes, so I made money and remortgaged it, which which helped build my first business. And you know, there's, there's no room to do anything else with it, just but it does, it has a nice little yield, yeah, so I'm, I'm happy with that, and definitely next. Well, uh, maybe this year even, but as soon as I can, I'd like to buy another one. Right. Of course, you know, that's what I I should be doing. Good, good, good. Well, listen, it's been
0: great um, chatting with you. As I say, we've not met before, but I've had a really enjoyable time, and uh, I'm sure you have a great time through PPN. Yeah, thanks
1: very much. Yeah, thanks, John. Good.
0: I really enjoyed that interview with Chris. I have to say, it was one of these interviews that we shook hands as he was coming in the door, never met him before, pretty much put the recorder on as soon as we sat down, and it was pretty raw, I have to say. Uh, we, we talked about a lot of things, we talked about his past failures, and he was very open with me. And, and that's really what we're trying to do, I guess, at the Bricks and Mortar podcast. It's not r- purely about, you know, people in property. It's really about their journey, their story and what difficulties that they have had and and what they've had to overcome. And I think Chris was just a great exponent of what we're trying to do here at the Bricks and Mortar podcast. So if you would like to come on to the podcast, then drop me a line. I'm still using the emails, the Begley Brown emails, probably for the next month anyway. Um, And then they'll get transferred over to the new company so do get in touch with me under Jonathan Williams at begleybrown.co.uk I'll repeat that Jonathan Williams at begleybrown.co.uk and yeah just reach out delighted to hear your story we'll just sit down press the recorder and off we go and just see what is going to come out Kenny Martin's been in touch with me, as I said at the top of the show, and he wants to come on. We're trying to get a time this week for him to come in, so we'll hopefully get that. My expectation is that we'll get him to sit down. If we don't do it um, on Thursday, uh, Wednesday or Thursday, then we'll certainly get down on Friday because that is the BNI. That's my Friday BNI. I'm going to wrap up. As I say, it's absolutely crazy in the office at the moment. Uh, it's never a great place to be when you're um, ploughing the furrow on your own with your paraplaner, paralegal, your support staff uh, is on holiday. So I'm going to have to fire out of here. Just an update as to where we're at with number one and number two. So number one's got her hires coming up. She is working like a Trojan. I have to say I've never seen her so focused. And that's really great to see. Um, the fag end of the hockey season is uh, affecting... Number two, she has got one more game to go in the fourth and they are right up there. I don't think they're going to win the league, but certainly if they win this last game uh, against Suddingston, I think, uh, if they win that, then they are assured of promotion. So it's been a great, great year for the girls in the fourth team. The fourth team out of GHK are a bunch of uh, yeah, young girls. They're under 13, under 14, all of them and it's just great to see there's no adults in the team, they're all under 13, under 14, it's just great to see them whizzing around the hockey ball against uh, these older players who it's really funny to see that when they turn up at the start of the game uh, and these old bitten ladies who've who've been around the traps with regards to the hockey think that they're just going to run rings round, well they think that they're going to run rings around these kids and it and <laughs> could be further from the truth because what's happening is that these kids are running rig- rings around the adults so it's been a great season, great to watch and hopefully cross our fingers we can get that last win and get the girls promoted. Hey, we're sorting out the the summer holiday, I don't know where you're going uh, this summer, we're off to Spain, we tend not to do a lot of, of the foreign travel stuff um, but we're still getting back into that with the kids and, and we're doing a road trip to Spain and to Bilbao, and then we're going to hire a car and then pretty much tour around Spain for a fortnight. So so that should be good fun. Uh, Business launches is clearly the number one thing, uh, the one thing on the agenda. So I'm going to knock out of here and start moving forward, probably get the bank account trying to get that sorted out. And then finally, we've got the run coming up, that 53 miler coming up, the Highland Fling. Probably talk a little bit about training next week, but uh, it's been a struggle. I have to say, I've not really enjoyed the the training cycle, 16 weeks. Um, i just got to a stage now where I'm just sick and fed up of running. Um, it's it's not it's not been the most enjoyable experience. I have to say, really slipping out and doing slow mileage is not something that uh, I've come to enjoy. And uh, you know, tell you what, let's just tick the box of the 28 miler. Uh, so t- tick the box of the uh, the 28th of April, and then just move on. Um, yeah, it's it's not uh, it's not been the best experience. But I tell you what, what's been a great experience is going back and and playing the cricket. So we're going to start. Playing cricket again, Uh, cricket is I guess my first sporting love and we are going back to strap on the pads there and see how we can get on with the the cricket at the start of the summer so looking outside now, it's been pouring with rain for about two or three days (laughs) cricket seems to be a long way off a long way off, so I'm going to fire out of here, going to start work and we'll catch you on the other side, speak to you soon guys